Some call him Rich, others call him Trigger, but regardless of what you call him, my guest today is stage presentation coach and virtual stage expert, Rich Bontrager. He has more than 30 years of broadcast experience that he brings to his coaching and his training of helping people raise their game when it comes to digital presentations. I'm excited to share his insights with you because regardless of where we find ourselves today, we end up in some form of virtual presentation. He brings some insights on how we can change how we think about business meetings and the process of turning something into a more immersive experience, even when it's virtual. Hey, welcome to Communication On Point. I'm your host, Dean Hefta. Let's go ahead and get started with my conversation with Rich Trigger Bontrager. Well, Rich Trigger Bontrager, I'm really excited to have you on the program today because, you know, I'll, I'll use the words of Shakespeare. He said, all the world's a stage. And here we are, we find ourselves in this virtual stage that many of us have never been around before. Uh, maybe we've been CEOs or we're at church or different places where we're just not used to being in this type of presentational world. And I guess I want to know from you, what's the biggest challenge that people face in really becoming effective in that virtual world? Well, Dean, the, there's actually probably a hundred different things, uh, but I could best boil it down to presentation and comfort. The minute that red light goes on the camera, people seem to freak out, shut down, become a cardboard cutout. Uh, my goal is to help people to not do that and actually have very engaging presentations. But people have been afraid of speaking. Just like you said, all the world's a stage. The number one fear is speaking in all the world. You now added a camera to that fear and people are very frightful of how to do it, but they have to do it because their businesses, their churches, everything right now is going virtual. So they're forced onto an environment and forced onto a stage. They don't know what to do. And it's overcoming the fear to present it in a great way. I'm going to take something you said there and call it red light panic. And if we're not used to that red light being on or that recording situation happening to us, what are some of the things, if I want to get more uh, effective in that environment, that I can put to work, some ways I can think about things, do things differently to manage some of that red light panic, if that's one of the challenges that we have? Well, I present it in with the three V's. I call them the three virtual V's. Uh, it's verbal, vocal, and visual. Those are really the three areas you have to attack to get comfortable back on stage virtually again. So verbal is one of the first one is you have to just get used to the fact of you are in a room by yourself most of the time and you have to present like there is a full audience. You have to play and act and there is a performance to this, but you verbally have to commit to high engagement. I'm going to have fun with this and verbally you cannot just sound like you're sitting in a room by yourself bored. So what's an example of some verbal uh, approaches so it doesn't sound like I'm just talking to a box? Well, one of the best things I tell people is um, either have a great imagination like I do. I've been in radio for 30 years. I'm used to being in a room and pretending like I have a massive audience. I had that illusion in my mind. Otherwise, on the other side of your camera, put a picture of your family, put a picture of your dog, a cartoon character. Literally do something you can visually look at somebody you know that's smiling at you and actually talk to them 
Um, the thing about this is it's mass media, but you don't want to have it sound like mass media. So vocally, you want to talk to a person and then it becomes personal through the virtual state. Your approach is helping people to rock the virtual stage. And it seems like, I think you've you've said this, uh, you know, in, in our conversations, like suddenly everybody's in broadcasting now. When I think about the virtual stage, that could be lots of different platforms. It could be that I'm actually recording something and then it gets played later to an audience. It could be I'm doing a Zoom call and I look at, you know, the 30 little tiny faces on my screen and it's in real time. What are some of the dynamics between the different things we're doing virtually that we can keep in mind? Well, there, there, there is that visual side then or the, the audio side. So podcasting is exploding right now, Dean, just absolutely exploding. And so people are trying to figure out how to get that broadcast voice. They're trying to figure out how to do radio and they're trying to figure out, okay, I have a cool story. I have a friend I want on my show. So you need to make it very engaging. There is an entertainment side to all of it, even though many podcasts are information driven. If you do not have entertainment in your information, people are not going to click on it. That's a big change for a lot of people. They're trying to figure out how to do this. They want to share a wealth of information, but you have to make it fun, lively. Uh, coming out of radio, we used to do sound effects during our sports talk show. If someone said something kind of silly or off the cuff, we would like blow them up. We would have a duck quack. Um, you can do all these same things now on your podcast, on your webinars, and still have good information, but now you're making it into entertainment. And that raises the fun for your listener, for you, for everybody. It's now something exciting to participate in. So it sounds like kind of stepping back and thinking differently that it's not just about getting information out. It's the whole experience that we're creating. Yes, it's absolutely an experience. So as a radio broadcaster, I'm a storyteller by nature. When you do a baseball game, you talk about the, the smell in the air, the popcorn in the air, the, the way the batter digs in and moves and the sound of things. So the listener can really feel that they're at Wrigley watching the Cubs. That's the type of thing now you want to do, especially if you're podcasting or storytelling, and especially if you're pre-recording it, because you want your passion and excitement to come alive and translate in a playback. And then on the virtual stage with the camera, the same thing is very true. Your environment, your senses should be engaged with audio, visual, everything you should have come alive to give the listener, the viewer a full experience. So I'm going to come back to that experience thing a little bit more, but something that, that I was just thinking about is there is a different experience when we are participating in uh, something that somebody is presenting or, or is recorded. There's a different feeling that we have between a pre-recorded video and between something that's happening live. And I'm sure that was the same thing on the radio. What, why is that so different and how do we keep some things in mind from an engagement standpoint? So I, I talk a lot about energy on that aspect of thing. You have to be energized and engaged. So when I was do a lot of my pre-recorded stuff, I have to get energized. So I literally will play some of my favorite songs, crank them up to 11, have a good rocking time. I get energized. I get ready for the show. Then I'm able to translate that on the camera, onto video, and people can see that I'm very excited. Again, my imaginary mind, thanks to Walt Disney, uh, is I can picture things. I can see things. So as I'm communicating, I am literally seeing a crowd in front of me. Many people don't have that imagination. They don't have the ability to fill the room. So again, what can you do to fill the room? But if you don't have the energy, 
if you were going to do a 15 minute podcast, 20 minute podcast, I do an hour show in a room by myself. You need to keep your energy up. So move, be active, use your hands. I'm always talking with my hands, even though right now we're doing a podcast. My hands are part of my talking energy mechanism. Use your physicality to help you do bigger and bigger and go bigger. And so I would imagine that standing up helps you get you more of that physicality. That is my number one tip I tell people. That is the number one tip that whether it's a video podcast or a just a streaming podcast, audio only, stand up and present. Um, I know many speakers because of COVID shutdown, they have sat down and they're wondering why they're struggling with the passion, the presentation. Every time I've talked to them, I've said, stand up. They think it's silly because they're in a room by themselves, but as they do it, they literally tell me what just changed. Why do I feel different? And they realize I'm back on stage. I am now performing again because it comes naturally when you've been doing it. So I tell people, yes, stand and use the full physicality that you have. Again, visually, if you're doing a video show, 70% of what we communicate is body language and nonverbal. If you're sitting, you're a passive. If you're standing, that nonverbal cues will come through and the engagement will rise. What are some of the things that really stand out for you, if you had to boil it down, that seems to really change the engagement factor for the participants? You mentioned stories and lots of things, but is there a handful of things in somebody's toolbox, whether I'm whether I've been a speaker or maybe I'm just a team lead and now all of our meetings are uh, online and we're doing them virtually, I still need to apply some of those skills. How do I increase that engagement experience? Uh, that's a great question because, yeah, the business world is definitely impacted in this. First of all, you cannot do a long board meeting. You cannot do a three-hour board meeting. Uh, people are not going to stay engaged. They will check out. So you have to do everything what I call soundbite. We are now a soundbite culture. Twitter, Instagram, now TikTok has turned everything to a shorter communication so you need to figure out how you're going to communicate creatively, engaging in shorter chunks. And instead of a long session, you say, we're going to do an hour here. We're going to come back tomorrow and do an hour. And you break it up into episodes. That's why TV works. Uh, and so you break it up into episodes so people will get it, good information, short amount of time, keep the engagement going. Then you also can use, like with Zoom or whatever platform you're on, you can use the chat box. You can use polls. You can use the Q&A. If you're doing a live webinar, you're streaming, open up the question and answer box and you get people to actually ask real-time questions. And with that, you usually need a partner so they can field the questions, screen them for you like a producer, but you're raising the volume and you're raising the engagement because now the audience becomes part of the show in real time. So it sounds like rethinking the whole layout of how we are approaching the experience. It's easy for us to return to what we think is how we do things. You said, you know, maybe we're used to having a three-hour board meeting and we think, oh, well, we're just going to do that on Zoom now. And so stepping back, rethinking what's the approach, what's the outcome, what's the experience, and being much more intentional about how we do that and thinking a little bit more creatively about how we do this in a virtual space. What, what else should I think about if I'm going to craft a whole new experience uh, like that? Well, first of all, Dean, it's a mental adjustment. You just described the whole mental creativity side. You are not just doing a board meeting anymore. And that's where everyone started with shutdown in the beginning of this. They just flipped on the camera and thought, we're just going to do what we've always done. 
And then again, to realize this is not working. And now it's, you have to be creative. So the first thing is you have to change your mind from, this is a small, tiny, a, a secondary excuse for doing what we normally do. This is now actually, the virtual stage, as I tell people, is an ever-expanding platform. There really is no limit to what we can do here. It's only limited by your creativity. What can you do? So we used to have office parties on Fridays and we would have theme parties. You can still do those in Zoom. You can tell people, today is going to be Cowboy Day. Everyone wear your favorite cowboy outfit while we have our breakout meetings. And people will literally dress up. You can actually have days, and I've done this, where I've been teaching people. You can go into like your Zoom box. You can change the name of who you are. And we did a cartoon day. Everyone name yourself your favorite cartoon. And now you get to see their personality because they reveal a little bit about themselves the engagement goes up, and you also brought humor, entertainment, besides just business on a late Friday afternoon. So the, the creativeness is endless, but the engagement goes up and up every time you get more creative. Um, so I, I would really encourage people, think about what you can do to create the environment where fun is allowed, where expression of personality is allowed. And as a leader, especially, you have to set the vibe. You have to be the first one that shows up, camera on, dress for the part, make sure it looks good, sounds good, and then the rest of them get invited into it. Sticking with this business theme, something before COVID that was, I'd say, fairly common was this hybrid approach where you'd have some people in person, you'd have some people calling in from you know, a webinar. And uh, that was um, kind of the worst of both worlds, it seemed like. What tips would you have for people as we, you know, in the next few months, transition back to a world that might be more of that hybrid approach. Any any business tips for us when we face that again? Yeah, the virtual stage will never go away. So many companies have already sold buildings, downsized. They've already made the investment now financially. And I'm actually consulting with some that have said, we want the hybrid, but this is never going away. I, I know companies have bought and made production studios now. Insurance agencies have gotten their own production studio so they could do this and do it well, both for in-house and for their clients. So one of the things you could do, for example, you, you could do a hybrid where you could have hubs of your regional people get together and you could have breakout sessions with your D.C. office, your Dallas office, your, you know, whatever office. And you can have breakout sessions where the top leaders can still communicate. The big giant travel expenses are gone. The bad food is gone, but you can do training virtually with your hubs and empower them in a different way. So you can still have small group, mid-sized interaction, live in person. And then you can also still have the virtual event that brings it from the top down. And going back to engagement for a second, one of the fun things to do with that, Dean, is send them a gift box in advance and actually put tactile things. Give them gag prizes, give them squirt guns, give them the goofy award for the day, and you send them an advanced package. So when you're on these business calls, you now have something to say, hey, guys, Tony just said a really cool thing. Tony gets the lame duck award. Reach in the box and go find the lame duck and give it to Tony. Now you have an experience while you're leading and you're back to engagement on all levels. And that's a new trick that will keep that hybrid at a higher level than just, oh, gee, this is secondary. This is not as good anymore. It will actually elevate the fun. Well, I really like that. And that same principle could apply when people are work, are, are at home and maybe they're all separate. There's 50 people on the call, but they're all calling in from their house. But being intentional, getting them 
what they need before the session brings them in. Because if we were all together, 50 of us in the room, we might have some squishy toys or, or pens or some swag. And so you're kind of adding that other dimension into it. I love that. Yeah, I mean, it is very tactile. We are sensory tactile, especially the younger generation. They have their cell phones. They have all their toys. They have all this stuff. And they're always tactile. They're always touching, moving, clicking. We need to realize that in the virtual world, it looks static. What can you do to bring the tactile alive? It engages their senses. So you have to figure out what that's going to be. Or like you said, if you have a group, send a PDF, send some books ahead. Do do whatever you need to do to give them those resources to get the senses fully engaged, sight, sound, smell, taste. Send them some cookies. Homemade cookies are a great one. They just get a whole box of cookies and have a snack while you're presenting. Uh, it's just a different way than we've ever thought. But this is where the creative mind comes in and expands the stage to be much bigger and much more powerful. Well, and trigger everything is better with fresh baked cookies. Exactly. <laughs> so who's going to complain about that, right? I know you've worked with so many people transforming their engagement and their experience of their of their stories. What's a favorite transformation or a story that you could share that that you've seen this happen and you've seen those results? Recently, I, I was working with a client and I do what's called laser coaching. And laser coaching is simply action-oriented, 15-minute coaching sessions. But they have been speaking. They are a corporate uh, CEO level. Um, and they had moved from the physical stage to the virtual stage. And their struggle was hard because they are not a broadcaster. And they do play off the crowd. So we went through all the mindset. We went through all that. But the biggest thing I said was have someone else pre-record your introduction. Because we used to have that live introduction person. They would welcome you to the stage. The crowd would applaud and go wild. And I said, you need the energy as a deliverer. You need to hit the stage running, fully energized. So have somebody record that introduction for you. Have it be some background, exciting music. And when you do that, step up on camera. They had to do a recorded virtual presentation for a major corporation. So, and I told her to stand. Stand and deliver like there's a full crowd. She did the introduction. She stepped up as if there was a live crowd there. Her energy, her smile owned the video camera so powerfully. After the client reviewed the content to be showed at their major event, they emailed her back and said, you're the only person that stood. You're the only person that had an introduction. And you are the only one that in the minute you stood on camera, we knew you were going to present something amazing. Very cool. And that just takes a little more intentionality a little more preparation. That, that sounds to me like it's really honoring the audience. Yes, because you want to bring your best. Again, this is not lesser than. And again, this is where broadcast skills come in. We, we always have an intro. Every sporting event, there's an introduction. Every sporting event has a closing billboard. You're now thinking of those terminologies, so you're making it an experience from start to finish. And it does tell your audience, I put time and energy and thought into this. Uh, and, and another thing not to do here, here, here's a not to do for you. Do not use your slide deck, your keynotes, your PowerPoints and PowerPoint them the desk. This is now video and this is now podcasting. Use them as reinforcers, but do not go click, click, click. You are actually the star of the show. You are the expert. Use them as a helpful tool, but people really want to see you, hear you and know you personally and professionally. So if you hide behind the slide deck, you're missing one of the most powerful things about the virtual states. It's got to be you 
standing up and rocking it. Yeah, it's no time for for humility, right? To hide. No, no, this is really, people want to see you shine. And that's also the other thing, no matter what stage you're on, whether it's the physical stage or the virtual stage, people come to hear you and they already believe in you. They already believe you are that rock star and that's why they paid their ticket and that's why they sat in that seat. On the virtual stage, people are struggling with the fact of it feels less than when instead they actually got the ticket. They actually fired up their laptop. They put it on the big screen TV. They are there because they really, really want to hear you. So going back to your point, they really need to step up and bring it bigger, larger than life, present it, and people will really own it and really receive it. So you gave us one of the don'ts. I'd love to hear some more don'ts. You told us don't PowerPoint them to death. What else shouldn't we do? Well, if you're using a virtual camera, if you're on with the camera media side of things, um, the digital screen is very important. Your backdrop is very important. You want to create an environment. I talk a lot about creating the environment. Because again, 70% of what we get is nonverbal. So your backdrop, your environment matters greatly. Regardless of your industry, uh, set up a bookcase. If you have a physical set, set up a bookcase with books. If you're in the school with a science class, put some beakers up, put, put some charts up, show that you're back in that environment of science. Or if you're going to use a virtual one, get an actual physical green screen and use the green screen with whatever digital image you use. Because if you don't use an actual green screen, you will phase in and out. And there's nothing worse. And we've all seen it, right, Dean? You're talking and your arms disappear, have your body disappears. <laughs> and there's nothing worse than a great presentation ruined by a goat. But the physical green screen literally helps you stay in phase because it's richer. It's something that the light's going to grab and it's not digital to digital. And it's not that expensive, but this is one of those game changers of it's a real stage. It's a real environment again. And even when I use mine, I can see myself on camera. I feel like I'm on stage. I feel like I'm in a different room, different environment. And it changes my game and my performance by having it stay in phase and not be crazy. So don't PowerPoint them to death. Don't forget to give attention to your background. What's another don't? Don't have bad lighting. People can deal with bad audio more than bad lighting. Again, one of the natural, easiest way to have lighting is face your camera toward a window. So you're looking out the window. The camera's looking at you. Natural lighting is the best way to get it. You don't have to spend a bunch of money on lights, but you can get a ring light or other things. But you want to have your face or body lit up. Because people want to see you. And the worst thing is, is having that shadow like Two-Face where one side is black and one side is white and you're in the shadow. It looks really awkward with that. So make sure you have a lighting that really looks natural and good. Remove the shadows. And with that, goes right to the camera. Do not have your camera pointing down on you so it's looking down your shirt uh, and you only get half your head. Do not have your camera coming from the down angle up toward you because you're looking at people's chins and up their noses. It just doesn't work. You want your camera eyeball to eyeball. You want to set your camera up and practice. So you talk to the camera. You're looking at the camera like a person. You learn to fall in love with the person. So don't put it off the side. Don't put it at weird angles. Put it right in front of you that you have to look at it and talk to it. And that will change everything for you. Excellent. It's those little things that make such a big difference because you're thinking about how do I present myself? And like you said, so much of our communication is coming not from our words, 
but from everything else that people are seeing, especially obviously on the video presentation, whether it's a Zoom call or a pre-recorded video that we're doing, having that mindfulness to say, I'm going to set up my background, I'm going to get some good lighting and uh, be intentional about it. So you, you know, a lot of your background is in radio and you mentioned the, the radio voice and now suddenly people are being recorded and having to listen to themselves. And what I've found is one of the least favorite noises that people ever hear is their own voice yeah. on recording. Yeah. So what are some tips about how we up our game when it comes to the voice aspect? So that was the first thing way, way back in the day that they taught us was you have to record yourself. You have to listen to yourself over and over because we hear ourselves in our own head in our headspace. The headspace is a different sound than the room sound. So you have to get used to what you really sound like, and then you begin to play with your voice. Use your inflections. Use the highs. Use the range. Use the depth of it. Um, monotone is not going to work. You have to learn how to be expressive, uh, and that just comes with practice. So roll tape. Just practice. Get a book. Read the book out loud to yourself. Do your own audio novel and have fun learning how to do characters and sounds and different things. It will expand the range of your voice. Also, again, even with podcasts, your physicality is important. Stand up or at least move your body. Talk with your hands, but do not be dormant. It just changes the engagement with it. And this is one that we learned as broadcasters very early on. Smile when you talk even if it's an audio, smile because your expression, the way you phrase things, the energy that comes out of a person that smiles is different than someone who's got a frown. It's, it's just a very amazing thing that you do light up differently, even on an audio, when you're smiling and thinking, this is fun, this is exciting. And that would be the other point. On both the video and on the audio side, Dean, you have to have fun. If this is not fun, and this is not the coolest thing in the world, part of your day, don't do it because your lack of enthusiasm will translate and people will know it very quickly and they're not going to listen to someone who isn't passionate and excited. So I tell people, have as much fun as you can. Be yourself, crack the jokes, have a good time and people will love it because it's really you. That's so cool. So getting comfortable with our voice, you know. You know, doing the things that we're not comfortable with is going to help us grow. So recording our voice. I love the idea of recording a book on tape or maybe a kid's book, right, with those characters and just getting used to how we can try different things and play around with our voice and getting used to hearing it on recording will help us. Uh, I love it. And just recognizing in ourself, am I, why am I here? Am I going to have fun with this, right? Life's short and the audience isn't going to have more fun than I am. So I'm, I need to make sure that I'm having fun. And, and, and the tack onto that, the way I know I'm having fun is when I get done and I'll do several interviews in a day, I'll do my own show that I have weekly. When I get off, I am physically tired because I gave my all. It was virtual. It was me by myself. Even when, when I do my private recordings and then there for playback and for coaching sessions, I know at the end of the day that I'm like, I'm wiped. I am spent because I poured it all out on stage. No different than the physical stage. When you get off stage, a lot of times, you know, I poured it out and the crowd got everything I have. That feeling should be the same when you're done doing what we do now. Excellent. Tremendous uh, tools here, I think, for anybody, whether you're uh, in business, you work at a church, or you're actually uh, used to being up on stage. I think anybody can learn something from this. But as we kind of wind this down, I, I'd love to have 
you know, what are one or two really big things that you want to make sure that if I'm listening to this, that I don't forget that I take this away and I can put it to work right away? Number one, again, stand. That's always going to be it. Just just stand. Get used to the fact that you are a performer now. Uh, this is broadcast. This is media. And it is TV or even with audio podcasts. You're, you're, you're still in entertainment. So stand up. Um, the, the other big thing I, I would really tell you is prepare. Know your craft. Know your content. Whatever it is. Again, I come out of church ministry myself. Uh, you know your sermon before you get on Sunday. You know what you're going to talk about. And the best ones are the ones that ooze out of you, the ones that just kind of naturally uh, come out. Know your craft before you get on air. Know what your takeoff and your landing, all your intro, your introduction, your ending. Know those things so much that it just flows out and people can feel that this is important to you. And it's something that you really know very well. And again, I'll just go back to fall in love with the camera. Fall in love with it so it doesn't really exist anymore. Uh, TV actors and actresses will tell you after a while, they don't know the producer's there. They don't know the guy with the microphone is hanging two feet away from them. They just perform and do it in a way that they are in character, in scene. And when it comes to the virtual stage, learn how to do that and you will excel in a way that few people will right now. You know, it's so easy, you know, the, the insecurity, you could say, or the self-consciousness can really uh, overwhelm us, especially if we're not used to this environment. But for me, I think whoever is giving that message, whoever is sharing this message in a digital platform, being able to get our mind straight to say, this isn't to make me look great. I've got a message here that I want to convey and connect with the audience in the best way possible. So it's really that, that mindset of service. And that, I think, helps to manage the anxiety we can feel from how do I look to shifting it over to how do I give them the greatest experience? And for them to have a great experience in the audience or on the other end of the call, I need to have confidence and comfort. And I think a lot of the tips that you've shared here go a long ways with that. And I guess maybe one more thing, and that is maybe somebody has an insecurity even about how they speak or their their comfort. You know, you said recording yourself, getting used to that. But I, you know, I might see somebody or listen to somebody on the radio that's like, wow, they are just such an amazing orator. I'll never be like that. And we can think that they were born that way. But this takes practice and it's a skill, isn't it? What, what insights would you have for people on their journey of improving their communication? So that's a great one, Dean. Uh, I have a lifelong stutter. I have overcome a speech impediment myself and I have made my living for 30 years as a broadcaster, onstage performer, and pastor, um, I have lived with a microphone and lived with a stutter. So that very idea of overcoming an impediment, a challenge, was a big part of my uh, journey. Uh, I was told by my broadcast professor, you have a great voice. No one's going to hire you. He, he laughs with me now because he's like, I was dead wrong. Uh, you're really good at this. So it does take practice. It does take getting over yourself. And that idea of service that you touched on is perhaps one of the biggest missing points is I love giving and serving people. And the best way I can serve them is bring the best version of me to the stage, to the microphone, light it up, have a good time, and give them something that's of great value. And when I do that, again, I'm tired, I'm wiped out, I know I've done my best, and my stutter is very rarely ever anything that pops up and people get done and they hear about the stutter and they look at me and go, you don't stutter. 
And I actually tell them, I do. I did today. You just didn't know it. Well, that's that's inspiring. And, and I think it gives a lot of hope to people that, you know, we all have little things that we have insecurities about. And what I heard from you is don't focus on being perfect. Focus on bringing the best you in service of others. Yes. Bring the best you to help them be the best them. And if you have a heart of servant, which most speakers and leaders are, leverage that in every way you can virtually right now because people are craving relationship. They're craving engagement and they're craving a way to continue to advance their lives and their careers and their families. So the more you come with that heart of service and bring it to the stage, whatever stage that is, uh, the better you will be, the better the world will be. Trigger, this has been uh, excellent. I appreciate it so much and I appreciate the work that you're doing helping people. If someone's listening to this and they want to learn more about what you're doing and resources you have, where would you direct them? Well, there's two best ways. Uh, one is just go to LinkedIn and look for Rich Trigger Bond Trigger. There's only one of me. Uh, and so it's very easy to find me. And the other one is go to richbontrigger.net, richbontrigger.net. That's my main website. And you can contact me there and see some of the projects and things I'm involved with. And I would love to help people, coach people up, and just answer their questions about what they're doing or what they want to do. Well, I will certainly put links to that in the show notes. So if anybody wants to click on them, easy way to do it. And Rich, thank you so much for joining the audience today with your insights and your helpful tools to help us to rock whatever stage we find ourselves on. Thanks, Dean. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. All right. Have a great one.